Hello, this is Walnut Grove Baptist Church's podcast. We are in Carthage, Texas, and that is in Panola County. Our pastor is Reverend David P. Mitchell, and our Sunday school teacher, our Bible study teacher, is Deacon Glenn Wade. But thank you so much for joining us, and you'll be joining this uh, current episode that's in progress. Eternal God, our Father, we come this afternoon thanking you, O Lord, for this day. Thanking you, Lord, for laying down last night and not getting up this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you saw us through this day, O Lord, and you brought us to this place one more time. We ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds, that we might receive these words of yours, O Lord, that we might have the understanding that you would help us get from them. We pray, Lord, for so many blessings. We pray it all in your name. Amen. Amen. Seeking confidence. The Apostle Paul and his last few lessons have been addressing the Jews of Israel. And, and what he's doing is breaking down some misconceptions that, that these uh, Jews have had over the years. They, they've had the misconception that they were saved because they was Abraham's seed. They, they, they believed that they were saved because God had given them the, the passage of circumcision. Uh, they were saved because of, uh, this lesson here deals with they think they were saved because of they were given the law. But Paul and all these uh, is breaking down some misconception and letting them know that there's only way to be saved is through having faith in Jesus Christ. So Paul is addressing the children of Israel. He has such a passion for them uh, to be saved. Uh, the subject he is addressing to them is that the gospel is not a new doctrine uh, um, because it was spoken by Moses. Moses described the requirements of the law and how one could be saved by it. What Moses points out is that if a man would live absolutely perfection of the entire law, he could be saved. But because no one is capable of living in complete uh, perfection of the law, no one could be saved by the law. So the law was not designed to save man. It was designed to be a schoolmaster. It was designed to correct man and that uh, and bring a uh, us to the one that could save us, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 3 and 24 talks of that. So the, the law could only show us our sins and find us guilty, but it could not do anything about forgiving us of our sin or keeping us from sinning. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the laws we have now. They can find us guilty. You can go before a judge and he can uh, pass judgment on you. But it does not do anything about relieving us of us of, of, of our guilt. It, it, we still uh, have that guilt upon us. So there was no salvation in the law. It just uh, showed us what what our, what we did that was so bad. But in the plan of God, and that refers to the predestination inscription, 
God provided a way through our Lord Jesus Christ for sinful man to be saved. Before the foundation of the earth, God had already ordained that his son would come and die on the cross and be buried and raised on the third day for our uh, sins. So he had already set up what he had already perfected, saved man. So before man even was here, God had already uh, set in motion how he would save this man. Our lesson is from Romans 10, 5 through 17. So uh, Moses, oh, I'm sorry, Paul sets out to show how Moses, when he's describing the limitations of the law and the righteousness as compared to the completeness of the righteousness of faith, the uh, limitation of the law is that the law was limited in what it could do. But the righteousness of faith is the complete uh, saving of mankind. So verse 5 says, For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does these things shall live by them. He said, Therefore, keep my statutes and judgment, which is, if a man do, he shall live in them. What that's talking about is Leviticus 18 and 5, where Moses is referring to what he, Paul is talking about in his writings. For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law. And again, the law refers to all the statutes and judgment God made known to his people Israel. They were to perfect and obey them, these laws which he uh, gave to Moses uh, righteously and would, righteousness would be produced in them by living according to the law that Moses brought down from my Sinai. They could not be any aspect of the law violated, for if it did, you was guilty of breaking the whole law. So it was impossible to keep uh, the law for ordinary man. But the law which does these things shall live by them. The law required of all who obeyed the requirements of the law that they must not only begin pricing the law perfectly, but they were to continue meeting the requirements as long as they lived. So Paul showed them that no one was in, in compliance with the laws of God. Therefore, no one could be saved or justified by the law because no one can keep the law. So Paul lets them know that if you're saying that you are saved by the laws of Moses, you are not saved because uh, you have not kept the law. Verse 6 says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise, say, Not in thy heart we shall descend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ up from above. So what the Apostle Paul is saying is that is, is that is not saying that Moses described the righteousness of faith uh, anywhere in the writing of Moses in the first five books of the law, but what it is is, is in, in the words of Moses, it infers what uh, the righteousness of God is. And, and the Jews' position is firmly established in Christianity, but, but Paul lets them know that uh, 
it is not going to be justified by the works of the law, but rather only by the justification by faith. So when we talk about, but the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Paul is referring to the works of the law as compared to the the works of faith. Uh, so it lets Paul declares that no man is justified by the works of the law because all have sinned and are guilty of the whole law. Say not in thine heart who shall descend into heaven, that is, bring Christ down from above. What it's talking about is that the Jews thought that in order for them to understand, or anyone to understand any doctrine, uh, and uh, be it taught by Moses or especially by Paul, that one would have to go up to heaven and obtain an understanding. At the end of Moses' law, you remember that Moses called the children of Israel together and said unto them in Deuteronomy 30, 11 through 14, to obey the commandment he had given them. Moses assured them that his commandments were plain, reasonable, and easily obtainable. They did not require any deep research or any uh, uh, rocket scientist uh, understanding. Uh, the apostles making it clear that they did not need to go to heaven to obtain understanding for the doctrine of justification by faith. That is, to bring Christ down from heaven, he had already come and fulfilled the requirements regarding the procuring of our salvation and dying on the cross. So you don't have to bring Christ down for an understanding. All you have to do is understand the gospel, the gospel that he did in the, in, in the first uh, four books of the New Testament. That is the gospel. Or who shall ascend into the deep? That is, bring Christ again from the dead the second part of the jews were thinking that the doctrine of moses and paul says that one had to go down and bring christ up from the dead to obtain an understanding and paul is, is saying to them stop thinking that christ had to be resurrected again for them to understand the doctrine of justification by faith because christ had already been resurrected from the dead so all the things that you're talking about and, and your understanding is all messed up. Paul is letting them know that Christ has already set in motion everything that you need to know uh, about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is set up in the gospel. Uh, who shall uh, ascend into the deep? It, it was imperative that uh, the Jews under understand that they could not deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He had already died, buried, and risen from the dead. So if you have doubt in that happening, then you don't have the faith for, for Jesus to save you. That's all part of your salvation, is that you believe that Christ came, died on the cross, was buried, and was raised from the dead. So you need to understand those uh, qualifications if you are to understand the works of Christ on the cross. So it's a challenge to, to believe, but what say it? 
the word is now thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. So Paul is not uh, saying to the Jews that there is no cause or reason or occasion for them to seek high and low for the saving power of being justified by the word uh, of, of reconciliation. The doctrine of faith and his death and resurrection is fully proclaimed and is already set forth. But what says it? In other words, the word it is speaking of the doctrine of justification by faith. The claim to the Jews is what is to be done with this doctrine. Uh, they were either accepted uh, or rejected. And we know that many of them rejected Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's the same uh, justification that we have now that even today we are to accept that or reject it. The word now, the word is now the, the meaning of those words is, is the doctrine of justification by faith is that it's easily understood and embraced. There's nothing hard about it. All you have to do is believe on the only begotten. You believe on it. You don't have to make it all complicated. Some people try to make it hard to understand, but it's not something that's hard to understand. Believe in, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and and you got it all. You don't have to uh, go into no deep understanding of what's going on or, or try to make more out of it than it is. Even in that mouth, meaning of that is that the doctrine is familiar, well understood, and in their mouth. That is, it is part of the common everyday conversation. It's nothing hard about it. <clears throat> so this doctrine that he's talking about, it, it's so easy for us to get in our mind and understand. And in that heart, Moses declared that his doctrine was part of the Jews' meditation and reflection. Uh, it was in their heart. And so if we can put this doctrine in our heart, what's in our heart it comes up in our mouth. So we, we have it in our heart. It's, how we, it's what we speak about. That is the faith which we preach. The preaching of the doctrine of justification by faith was done among the people, which much more frequency than, than one should have any problem believing it or embracing it. So if we do it uh, and we believe it and we practice this daily uh, and we proclaim it wherever we are, it's nothing hard about what Paul is teaching. We just only part about it is this do you believe or don't you believe? And then Paul sets up in verse nine the pathway to salvation. Uh, so in other words he sets up plain and clear what uh simple what you have to do. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead that shall be saved. So the steps one must follow to be justified or saved is now being presented to the Jews. These steps are the same for the Jews as they are for uh, the Gentiles. So it's, it's the same for everybody. That if thou confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. So after hearing this gospel presented to us, we must acknowledge that Jesus is our only Savior. 
We then must believe in our heart that Jesus, who went to Calvary and died for our sin, has been raised, and our justification depends solely on him for our justification. And so by believing what happened on the cross, we will be saved. To confess it in our mouth is speaking of what's in our heart. So when we confess it in our uh, our mouth, we're speaking for what's in our heart. And shall believe in thy heart that Jesus has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Proof of believing in our heart is not doubting that Jesus, that God raised Jesus from the dead. So if we believe uh, that he did that, believing this truth delivers us from sin and the judgment of being condemned to the lake of fire. All that believe this truth, God will justify and gift them with salvation. So we know that uh, salvation is a gift of God unto all that believe him, in him. Salvation uh, demands confession as sufficient proof of believing. For with the heart, men believe it unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For with the heart, man believe it unto righteousness. Believing is more than a mere understanding, but it goes to a level of faith that is sincere and and faith that influenced the entire life of the believer. This belief is to the point that justification is obtained. So that's what God's plan is for us, and, uh, and that declaring us righteousness because of what we believe. And then it comes talks about confession that marriage salvation and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation the believer confesses his belief and speaks it with his mouth what is in his heart and god justifies him or grants him salvation at that moment that he confesses that jesus christ is our lord and savior verse 11 says being ashamed is a sign of unbelief so it talks about for the, for the scripture says, whosoever believing on him shall not be ashamed. This, this statement is based on Isaiah 28 and 16. For the scripture says, it is important to see the authority of the written word of God. We cannot declare God's truth uh, another way. We can't validate God's truth without backing it up with scripture. We just can't come out and say, God said this or God did that. We ought to be able to uh, go to John 3.16 and say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever so believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You have to go, uh, when you start uh, proclaiming the word of God, you need to be able to go to some scripture and support what you're talking about. To just say, I believe that, then you're talking about what you believe, not what the Word of God. You need to be able to support, this is what the Word of God says. Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. The scripture declares justification by faith and not a work of the law. Everyone that believes it will confess it, and God will justify them and give them salvation. So when we believe and confess, God is uh, such a great God that he will give what we uh, 
said, what he says he would do. For there is no difference between the Jews and the Greeks. For the same God over all is rich unto all that call upon him. God letting us know that all is welcome to for salvation. The, do, the Jews do not have any right to it. God makes uh, salvation accessible to everyone. All we have to do is believe. But there is no difference between the Jews and the Greeks. God does not favor any person before another. He makes the same offer to all that he makes to one. Salvation was not just for the Jews. It was for uh, the Greeks also. It makes it plain when, when God talks to Abraham, he tells him that uh, I will send one through your family that will be a blessing to the whole world. It lets him know that he's not here, that, that one was not here just for Abraham people, but he was here for the whole world. And he's talking about his, his son, Jesus Christ. For the same God over all is rich unto all that call upon him. God is the governor of all believers, both Jews and Greeks and Gentiles. God has an abundance in store for all that call upon him for salvation. And they talk about his richness. It lets them know that he's not a poor God. If you believe on him, his, his abundance is all you need. He can supply your every need. Verse 18 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. <laughs> call upon the name of the Lord comes from hearing the gospel and believing it. So when we say, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, there is no restriction in calling upon the name of the Lord because of one identity. You can be male, you can be female, you can be Jew, be Gentile, young, old, educated, uneducated. God does not make any restriction about anyone. He will not shun anyone that call upon him uh, because they believe. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Again, the, the same Lord justifies all believers. And every believer God will give salvation. This is a promise of God. And God cannot break a promise. That's what's so great about God. We can break a promise. Uh, and we disappoint people all the time by saying we're going to do something and we don't do it. But God will not break his promise. If it's written in his word, it cannot be broken. He says he's going to send a savior. It took, uh, you have to, it took uh, a lot of years for him to have the right time when he was going to send his savior, but he sent his savior. So, uh, if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Uh, now, one of this, some of this part is talking about a future. Uh, there's a future aspect in this verse. It speaks of a period in the tribulation where God will use preachers only to spread the gospel. It would be true that no one would be saved without a preacher. And that's talking about Revelation 7, 1 through 7. God will seal and protect those 144 preachers who will literally be the only preachers of the gospel throughout the world. Them 144,000 that those Jehovah's Witnesses talking about, that's really what that 144,000 uh, is talking about, the Jehovah's Witnesses. 
actually have a little different concept or a different doctrine of what that is. But God has set aside 144 preachers in the future that will be the only one that will be spreading the gospel. But for right now, anyone uh, uh, that believes and, and, and have an understanding of the word can can be one that that can preach the gospel. In other words, that can spread the gospel. I won't say preach. They can spread the gospel. How shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? No one can call upon God if they does not believe. For there is no belief, there will be no calling on God. So in other words, we got to believe uh, uh, when we call upon him. The, the sinner is not going to be calling on God because the sinner flees from God. But God says, and if you read Luke 19 and 10, he says, I have come to seek and save that which was lost. So God is seeking us. When you hear people say, I, I was saved, or somebody saved me, or they say, no, God seeked you. God seeked out you and saved you. You did not do it yourself. I shall they believe in him whom they have not heard. Uh, there cannot be any salvation without the gospel. The gospel must be preached or shared throughout the ministry of evangelism before one can believe. If one is not exposed to the gospel, Nothing he does can justify or save him. He can go through all kind of rituals and and proclaim different things, but he must uh, be exposed to the gospel and accept the gospel when it is exposed to him. So many times you hear people talking about, I, I pay my tithes, I send my money to church, or I, I do these things, but if they have not confessed Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, they are not doing what it takes to be saved. We must hear the gospel and accept the gospel and confess the gospel. And how should they hear without a preacher? The beginning process of building faith is sharing the gospel with the laws. So you must hear the gospel from a believer. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them which preach the gospel of peace and bring the good tidings uh, of, of good things. So preaching is not an occupation of man's choice. It is a vocation of God's choice. Being sent is not the same as being called. Sent implies preparation. The preacher is to prepare himself for God will send him out as an ambassador of his to share the good news, which is the gospel. Gospel is too precious to be put in the care of unprepared or ill-prepared people. How then shall they preach except they be sent? The idea here is not the manner of preaching when the gospel uses the word high, but rather that there will not be any preachers without God sending them. The preacher is, is speaking of proclaiming the gospel to the unsaved. God commissioned the preacher and sent him into his vineyard to reap the harvest. When they talk about how beautiful are the feet of them which preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things, when they're talking about when you think about the the beauty of feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, it's a picture of of, of a runner that's 
that's running and leaping. Uh, uh, it signifies the urgency. In other words, the gospel of peace uh, signifies the possibility of ending that war raging within man and bringing glad tidings of good good things. In other words, the gospel is good news unto, unto the uh, unsaved world. So he's talking about how we ought to be running and spreading the gospel of good news to those that do not know about the gospel. So we can't hold it inside. We've got to go out and share it with everyone. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For as Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So what it says here, the prophet, uh, Apostle Paul is making public acknowledgement of how the gospel was received by the Jews. Uh, we know that many of the Jews uh, were not willing to open their hearts. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. When we're talking about that man must be willing to open his heart and receive the gospel. God, by the works of the Holy Spirit, moving on the heart of man with the intent of convicting him and convincing him of opening his heart to the gospel. So we, it's talking about the process that God goes through when he hears the word, the Holy Spirit moves on you. And and, and with the Holy Spirit, it, convert, it converts the heart. and and open you up to receive the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our report? It is a foregoing fact that most, if not all, the Jews rejected the coming of the, the Messiah based on the report of Isaiah. Isaiah said in uh, Isaiah 53 and 3, they rejected uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we read about what happened and in the New Testament, we are we know that so many people said he was not the Christ. They rejected him, his teaching, and and I and really they proclaimed that he should be crucified on the cross, crucify him. In other words, so many did not believe. So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It's easy to see that faith is not what the Holy Spirit creates when he comes into our hearts. Faith comes from believing on the word of God. The Holy Spirit comes into our heart after we believe. So, so then faith comes by hearing. The gospel must be heard before faith can be produced in us. This takes into account believing on what we hear. When we hear the gospel, we have to believe on it. And our hearing is based on the gospel being preached and hearing by the word of God. We must not take the word, word of God, to mean the entire Bible. Not talking about the entire Bible, though the entire Bible uh, is, is preaching God's word. But the gospel has to do uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it's not the, the whole Bible is not the, is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, the 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 gospel deals with his death, burial, and resurrection. That is the part that is so important for us to get into, and that's what the New Testament, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, talks about. So in such de uh, depth is that they deal with Christ coming here what he does, how he dies, he's buried, he's resurrection, he descended into heaven, 
those are uh, what's produced in the gospel. That's why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is such an important part of the of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. Uh, they, those books are spoken for more than any other books in the Bible. God would help us to know that salvation is not by works of the law, but rather by faith in the gospel. God plans for salvation is not uh, discriminatory. It's a plan for all people. God is making his plan of salvation available to all. Will not force his will upon man. Now, it's your choice. He's not going to force you to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. In presenting the gospel to man, God leads the acceptance of it to the individual. But there is no shortcuts to salvation, nor is there any substitute for God's plan of salvation. We either accept it or reject it. There's no other choice that we have, but we accept it or we reject it. And I'm open to comments. Whatever anybody wants to add up. Amen. Well said. Good evening, everybody. We just Thank God for another lesson tonight and speaking uh, for confidence. And if you notice, this lesson shared with us, and Paul is talking to us about our salvation. And 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 if you get the period of time, God knows how to do things. So God is a God of order. Order. If you look at this lesson tonight, it began to be revival season. And uh, it come out just right on time. And how we often teach this, this we this is our main revival scripture. And uh, we are thankful to God that it was well taught and well accepted on tonight. We just thank God for this lesson. Thank God for a little more strength to run on a little while longer. That is. Well, that's, I guess you can close it out. All right. Uh, us, uh, remember the sick, shut in, and please uh, remember the bereaved families. Uh, and remember Sister Peggy Thompson family that uh, you know yesterday and Brooks family on today. We had to lift them up in prayer. And I want to remember everybody stands in need of prayer. Uh, to our deaconess, uh, we're going to ask if you will Sunday morning. Let us have communion on Sunday morning. Uh, we haven't had it since we got back, and I think this will be a great time on Sunday morning. Uh, let us prepare our hearts for our communion since we are back into the Lord's house. Uh, this will be the first Sunday in August. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Walnut Grove Baptist Church Podcast. If you feel led to do so, you can leave a gift at bit.ly slash walnutgrovegiving. Thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.